Hello, Happy New Year. Welcome to Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. It's 2022 and this is episode 177. Bloody hell, 2022. My name's Stephen Hill. I'm joined as ever by Renfrey Deadman. Here we are, Renfrey, in the future. Yep. We finally arrived in the future. We've actually been here for a good 10, 12 years now, I would say. But we're in, <laughs> still in, even getting more and more depressing. I'll give you a, a depressing thing. Ten years ago today, hmm. Gangnam Style came out. Oh, Christ. Are you really doing this at the top of the episode? You're really trying to make yeah. me this sad at the beginning yeah. of the episode? Right, good. Ten years of Gangnam Style. Can you believe that? Uh, no, I can't. I don't really want to think about it all that much. That's either. mad, isn't it? Yeah. You think there's the same amount of time between um, Bleach by Nirvana and Slipknot's first album as the same amount of time as Gangnam Style to now. Weird, isn't it? It's just painful. That just that just hurts me. But thank you very much. Um, apart from feeling really super <laughs> old and all that, how are you, Steve? I'm all right, thanks, mate. I'm all right. I'm just uh, just reeling from uh, speaking about the weekend for an hour. If you have heard it, which you probably should have heard it by now, we just recorded a riot act reviews on the weekend's fifth album. I was going to ask, FM. what did you do over the weekend? Hey. That's what you come to this podcast for? I listen yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> I listened to the weekend over the weekend quite a lot actually. Oh, yeah. So that album was sort of surprise dropped and we did a little review of that, which is um mainly because it is the most significant record. Well, it's probably gonna be the most big the biggest record that's gonna come out for most of the year i would imagine uh, but certainly in I, january certainly for january yeah i think that's fair enough yeah yeah classic yeah. alternative music podcast covering uh well look <laughs> fuck that fuck that i mean you probably heard if you wanted to listen to it you probably heard the review already and we really liked it so yeah. go and have a listen it's really really good um and uh this week on the show actually we're going to be to kind of on that motif a little bit i think i think people sort of went your first podcast back are you going to do some kind of preview of 2022 and to be honest we thought about it and then we thought is it going to be that interesting for us to go what do you think the venom prison album is going to be like well we sort of already know uh, nudge nudge wink wink <laughs> and then go what do you think the slipknot album is going to be like don't know maybe it'll sound like slip maybe they'll do an album which is as good as the last one oh maybe that'd be exciting and we thought god that's boring that would mm. be boring wouldn't it what a boring thing to do so well we decided not to do that it's no shade on anyone else who decides to do that because i think sometimes it's like well, what do you do this it's a little bit of shade <laughs> no no why don't we start the okay. year on a good foot with everybody else <laughs> rather than just annoying everyone no um it's uh but but you know i mean you've got to fill you've got to fill pages or or websites or content in some form with something or other but in january it's just a bit of a tricky one because like you're just going oh i hope the ghost album sounds good i hope it'll be sounding like ghost you know there's not actually an awful lot of information on some of that stuff and the stuff that we do have information on i.e the stuff that we've heard already probably not allowed to talk about yet so and we want to save it for when we do an actual review we're going to talk about some things that we will definitely be reviewing in the next couple of months oh yeah we'll talk about that oh yeah. happy to talk about that but what we're really doing is we're going to talk about some of the music from 2021 that we didn't hear and we caught up with a lot of music because we had quite a long holiday period renfrey and i mm. as you may have noticed because we were going to think about 
sort of coming back last week but we were like fuck it let's have an extra week just to get things sorted and it just meant we could listen to more music which is fun times right yeah i don't know about you but christmas because all of the album of the year lists and stuff like that come out it is often a time where i catch up not just on music and stuff that happened in the previous year but like movies video games all sorts of stuff it's usually like a time for me to what was that wanking (laughs) right yeah i I don't know do do you have to catch up on wanking i'm not sure if you have to do that depends how stringently you decide you need to do that i guess Mm. if you've got a regime okay yeah sting probably you know he wanks for like 16 hours a day and he never ejaculates doesn't he He just has loads of all oh he's one of them tantric tantric fellas isn't he he is, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Silly boy. Uh yes, uh, anyway, uh that, that was a that was a hell of a hell of a ooh, Um yeah, uh, I've caught up on lots of things. Wanking, I I think my masturbatory habits have been, you know, standard to be honest. But yes. Okay, that's good. Um Phew. So this seems like a good opportunity to like go, Oh shit, yeah, should have listened to that and we didn't or should have covered that and we didn't. But you know, there's only two of us, it's really hard and we're trying to cover anything that is interesting and there's a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, there is know. a hell of a lot. And also we do our bloody stuff on our Patreon page. So we did that double on Pearl Jam on that our classic double. album. That we did double. that big double. Patreon.com forward slash riot act podcast sign up for the five pound a month tier and you can hear Renfrey and I talk for what was it six and a half hours six and a half hours yeah six and a half hours on Renfrey's admittedly on Renfrey's favourite period of his favourite band so I've had some lovely messages like publicly and privately about um, that those specials and yeah very heartfelt thank you to all of the people who took the time to express their gratitude for it because uh yeah it's really hard when you adore the bands you're covering isn't it because you really want to get it right but yeah most people seem to think that uh it was really good so thank you very much it was i fucking loved it i had a good time and i listened to pearl jam a lot and you can't say fairer than that yeah the the opportunity to listen to pearl jam a lot now like i say five pound a month you get a couple of classic albums we've got Pearl Jam one up there. We've got Silent Alarm by Block Party. We've got Guns N' Roses, Pink Floyd, The Beatles, Sepultura, Depeche Mode, Nick Cave, Gallows, System of Down, Lauren Hill, Sega Ross, Glassjaw, Lamb of God, Baroness, James Addiction, Deaf uh, Heaven. I think it's called Deaf Leopard <laughs> Tones. What? Um, <laughs> Gajira, The Specials, The Smashing Pumpkins, REM, Neil Young. Lots, lots and lots of classic albums have been released if you want to sign up for our five pound tier and the next one we are finally going in on the biggest heavy metal band of them all metallica and we're going to be doing loads as a classic album Mm. you heard me right Mm. you heard me come at me with all your barbs and your cynicism i don't care load is a classic album and i'm gonna tell you why in a couple of weeks all right you got a problem with that Crikey. Good. Starting off in the old aggressive tangent yet again. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Ag tangent. That's my festival to start. <laughs> Deary me. You won't be getting um an awful lot of um you won't be getting an awful lot of negative feedback about load from me. Although I think Good. I you like it better you like it more than I do. And better than you. <laughs> I do like it better than you. I like it more than you and better than oh, you. I thought you'd pick up on that. I think you like it more than I do. And I will, you know, I will pick up on a couple of things where I'm like, do you really think this is a good number? I, but I think I like it more than Kirk Hammett. 
Right. To be honest. Does Kirk Hammett not like it? No. No. I don't know that, but I think I like it more. We <laughs> sat down. And I go, Kirk, don't you want to play Ronnie every night? And he'd go, Well, not every night. I go, What? That's a <laughs> that's an accurate representation <laughs> of me talking to Kirk Hammett. What? Come on. Aww. But despite the fact that I will pick up on a few things, Load's actually one of my favourite Metallica albums. So yeah, it is just gonna be a big load loving. Load loving. Okay. I like oh, it. Christ. <laughs> You dirty get. So, um, what's been happening this week? We're kind of back, aren't we? It's usually, you know, this is where stuff starts happening in the music world. All starts rocking and rolling again a little bit. Last year, Iced Earth were attacking the Capitol <laughs> building, weren't they? We, we had that. And this year, nothing as good as that's happened. So, it feels a bit shit. But, it's got a couple of interesting stories. One's a bit more serious than the other. Metallica and Tool are using COVID-sniffing dogs to keep themselves safe on tour. The sniffer dogs are able to detect traces of COVID-19 in members of the crew and entourage. They aren't being used to identify audience members who might be carrying the virus, but sniff anyone with backstage access in order to protect the working musicians and crew. Previously, the dogs have been used at events to detect the virus at events such as NASCAR events and at basketball games with the Miami Heat basketball team. So that's interesting, isn't it? If it works, it sounds like a good idea. And I don't see why it wouldn't work because dogs can sniff out all sorts of things. Mm. So yeah, I didn't, I wasn't really aware that you could sniff a virus. I mean, you mm. and I, I don't think can. But I wasn't aware that dogs could sniff out a virus, but it seems they can. But um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it does make me sort of think, what happens if the dog sniffs you? And you're in the middle of nowhere on this tour, and they're like, "Oh, you got, you have to go now." Oh, can I get a lift with you? No, you've got COVID. You have to fuck off somewhere. Like then what? That's a predicament, isn't it? Uh, maybe the dog could give you a lift. Maybe I don't know. No, the dog can't. I, have I ever told you about when the dog sniffed me? Like I had drugs when I was going into the Mighty Hoopla Festival in Brixton. No. Uh, so because it's kind of unreasonable right so there was a dog i went in and this dog jumped up on me and i went oh hello and then because i do like you do to dogs if a dog jumps up on you to like lick your face yes, or whatever yes, yeah. you're like yes this is the fucking best day of my life mm. a dog mm. hooray yes. do you get feel like that Renfrey? uh it depends on the dog but i i, I can oh, emphasize don't be like one of these people we need depends on the dog well i like some dogs and i dislike other dogs that's all right isn't it no what no Come no on. no why no, am I not no, allowed? No. Like, there's plenty of humans that you don't like. Why am I not? Like, all uh, of them. <laughs> why, well, in that case, why do I have to like all dogs? Some dogs are little shits, aren't they? What do you mean they're little shits? Well, some, some yeah, they are. Actually, yeah. yeah, I thought about it. Yeah, <laughs> actually, you know, so I they... just I went I went round my auntie's house on Christmas Eve and her dog smashed a cup of tea all over my top because I just was joking the dog. I was like, oh for fuck's sake. Crikey. So yeah, I could do without that. Yeah could do without that okay yeah fine yeah <laughs> but anyway a dog jumped up me i was like brilliant and then the guy was like you've got drugs and i was like i really don't mate and he made me go in and get and i was sort of laughing two of my mates went in and i looked over at them and i was sort of being frisked and they laughed at me and i sort of laughed back and he went oh you think it's funny do you, you think it's funny and i was like i mean yeah a little bit yeah <laughs> and he was like oh, i don't think it's funny i was like well, it's going to be. Fun. I know I haven't got any drugs on me, mm. so I do find it quite funny because I know this is just like ha, a dog jumped up at me, and I'll be outside in a minute. So I, I mean, yeah, 
I don't think I'm acting like a guilty person. I'm mm. acting like someone who's incredibly innocent. I'm laughing in your face. Yes. Not la- and I'm not laughing at him. We were just sort of laughing at the situation, you know. And then when I came out, the guy was, because I'd laughed at the situation, the guy was really angsty towards me. Couldn't find anything, obviously, because I didn't have any, because I've never even dragged a cigarette before. Like, don't do drugs. Mm. And when I walked out, the dog jumped up. Every person who went in, the dog jumped on. And I went, I think your do- I think I think it's your dog. Mate. I think your I dog's think your broken. Dog, yeah. I think yeah. your dog is just likes jumping up on I think you've got a friendly I think you've 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 mixed up a sniffer dog with just a really friendly dog. <laughs> Did you know that sniffer dogs they communicate what drugs they have actually smelt upon a person by mm-hmm. using their nose to kind of bop various body parts? So for example, I believe marijuana the the dog will pop up and pop you on the nose and you know if it's say i don't know cocaine it might be the elbow or i'm making up the places on the body now because i don't actually know the code but surely the nose to cocaine makes more sense for the nose it does actually yeah that does make more sense that's a good point um but yeah that's kind of how how they do that which is information i know because that's happened to me uh (laughs) (laughs) um yeah um Oh, it's very, very interesting. And they can, there's some... So where where do they bop for, if they find COVID on you? What, what do you think they do then? Oh, I haven't got a clue, yeah. Maybe maybe they just put a face mask on or something like that. I don't know. Clever, aren't they? Dogs? Yeah, very clever, clever dogs. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Not like cats, eh? Just do what they want, cats. Yeah, I can't imagine a cat ever being bothered about sniffing out COVID. Like, they just wouldn't yeah. care, would they? I kind of like that. Dogs are fucking narcs, aren't they? Telling on people. Cat would never dob you in. <laughs> Bonjour would never shop me into the authorities like like my dog would. I've never thought my imaginary dog. I've never I've never even thought of dogs snitching yeah. on people, but yeah, that is effectively what they're doing, isn't it? Crazy. Mm. Yeah. Stupid snitchy dogs. A dog would be someone who would tag your employee on Twitter after you said something slightly dodgy to someone. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this? Whereas a cat would just be like, "Oh, fucking block this cunt and move on." Oh Christ. What kind of person would you have to be to do that people have done that to me before and i've replied you fucking snitch (laughs) you fucking little snitch because i've got nothing worth living for renfrey i don't care i've lost i don't care yeah happy 2022 uh, everyone (laughs) happy 2022 and uh in equally interesting news glastonbury announced that they lost 3.1 million pounds last year after cancelling their 2021 event so the turnover from glastonbury went from 45 million pounds to 950,000 pounds over the course of the year and obviously that's more than 3 million 950,000 or 45 million minus not whatever the thing is you can't minus 950,000 because that's not what It feels anyway, like you're a contestant on Dragon's Den. I feel like Deborah Meaden right now. <laughs> and it feels like yeah. you've come in and you've forgotten your numbers. I haven't forgotten my numbers. I just want to go minus three. Okay, yeah. Uh, 45 million minus three is not 950,000. That's what I should be saying. No. <laughs> no. That's true, yeah. That, that, that is true. But obviously, they have a lot of outgoings, Glastonbury as well. But they lost... Uh, that amount of money in 2021 after cancelling mm. and this is glastonbury you mm. know they've been given a grant and they've been given a lot of help by people and they were able to put on a fucking 
gigantic live stream with some absolutely massive artists and people probably would have given a lot of money f to them and yet despite all this mm. um they have lost a fucking sizable amount of money which does make me fear a little bit for some of the festivals that have had that are not as big that have had the last couple of years yeah yeah without. i mean to, to to yeah to make it clear i like this news i'm not too concerned about glastonbury themselves like like it, it's a bit i mean they've hit. booked fucking they've already got billy eilish aerosmith yeah. and fucking diana ross for yeah. 2022 so yeah. I, I think they'll be fine that that's going to sell quite a lot of tickets but yeah. it but it is sobering to realize that one of the biggest festivals and i mean certainly one of the most well-known well-respected festivals in the world could lose that much um profit that they would have had as a result of this it's not surprising either but it's interesting to have the numbers isn't it it would be really interesting to see how if that's their turnover how i mean that's a hell of a drop yeah. that's a you know that's a, a, a 44 million pound drop in turnover yeah. uh, you'd have to wonder what the drop i mean obviously the turnover is going to be a lot smaller for something like 2000 trees but i would be interested to know like what sort of numbers they're having to play with because that's scary to me when i when i saw that for glastonbury the drop in turnover i was like fucking hell mm -hmm. if that's happening to glastonbury i'm i'm one yeah i mean we i'm i'm assuming i mean you know slightly better than i do i guess but art tangent and 2000 trees have announced you know a bill for this year and presumably all being well they will finally get to go ahead this year after a couple of years without the festival but it must be more than touch and go whether or not they could actually do something um well i don't know and i wouldn't want to put words in their mouths or anything like that no i'm just i mean i'm completely guessing yeah yeah and but you know just to say you know just because i know those guys and stuff I, I haven't actually spoken to them about it it's kind of weird to ask these questions even sort of like in a private forum because you don't know if that's going to be quite triggering in terms of like, like they might be going through a total crisis or it might be absolutely fine i don't know we're only doing it out of worry and concern lads yeah, yeah, yeah ladies yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of, of those festivals we're not doing it out of like oh oh god i'd like to see their book so i could put pour over the gruesome details doing it out of like i mean if that's happening in glastonbury I, it makes me fear for not just those two festivals but you know all the festivals that we talk about that are smaller festivals you just go fucking out that, that must be like i don't know just hard mm. i guess mm. yeah it's very sobering to actually see those figures though and see i mean i suppose i you know i i said at the beginning of this i'm not too concerned about glastonbury but like i guess that's a little bit harsh in a way because they are an independent festival so you know whilst they are absolutely massive and i'm sure they will be fine um it's not like they're part of uh, some massive massive conglomerate or anything like that so yeah maybe maybe that is a little bit harsh to say that but but i also know that that'll be all right i feel like if glastonbury was gonna go down or was in serious trouble i mean you know they have been given some some help i believe already but i feel like if glastonbury's gonna go down people in their hundreds of thousands in their millions probably would step up yeah because it's not just the people that go you you know fucking you can see like bbc one six music you know all the the uh, everybody who is invested in that festival in any way there'd be some massive like 
get Glastonbury through this, which probably wouldn't happen with any other festival, I would imagine. Boy, uh, mm, who knows? I mean, you know, crowdfunding. Well, it wouldn't be on the. Yeah, but it wouldn't be on the bloody BBC. It wouldn't be on. Do you know what I mean? It wouldn't be like millions of people rallying around to, to sort them out i'm thinking of like if a rock in rio or a coachella was in danger oh yeah yeah i was more thinking of the uk yeah, right, right 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 yeah. okay yeah uh i even yeah i don't know reading in leeds maybe i don't think people would give a fuck like like honestly i think that i don't think people would if reading in leeds fucked off i think they'd because v stopped didn't it I know V's not quite in quite as big as Red and Leeds, but V just they were just like, wow, we're not doing change its name and then it just stopped. Yeah. And everyone was like, Alright. Yeah. You know, there've been plenty of big sizable festivals over the years that have ceased to exist anymore. Um And those are festivals would... that are owned by big conglomerates as well. Mm. Yeah. So, so I think if Red and Leeds just they went, Oh shit, the the we can't get it anymore, I think they'd just be like, Oh, what a bummer. I'll yeah. go to Tea in the park instead or whatever yeah i don't know yeah maybe yeah or the isle of Wight. yeah certainly there's a passion for glastonbury which i think yeah an awful lot of people would rally around it's easy for us to say that not being part of the, you know with absolutely no skin in the race whatsoever but i'm also sure that they would you know in that yeah i case. i am i feel yeah. quite confident they would but it's still you know they're sobering numbers i would suggest mm. yeah. and it sort of puts the the last you know, well, fucking hell, in March, it's going to be two years since we went into this fucking pandemic. Mm. I'm a bit bored of it now, to be honest, but fine, whatever. Yep. Uh, speaking of really mammoth festivals as well, we should say very briefly, uh, RIP to Michael Lang, the co-creator and promoter of the Woodstock Festival, who died this week, age 77. Um, obviously, you know, uh, we do a fair bit of these obituary style things. And um, sometimes there are people we're really close to, who have a kind of close bond with, and sometimes there are people who you just kind of respect from afar. And I think, although I don't know much particularly about Michael Lang, I think it's safe to say his place in the music, the, the kind of the hall of musical fame, if you like, is pretty much assured by the fact that he kind of was the first person really to put on a big festival of note. I know there had been festivals and idea, like big free concerts and stuff that had happened prior to Woodstock. But really, in terms of a year zero for for large gatherings of people outdoors listening to music, Woodstock in 1969 feels like the most significant large event which led to the formation of festivals as we know them today i think Mm. that's fair to say isn't it yeah it i mean it it certainly there's there's a lot of rhetoric around woodstock some positive some negative but without a doubt uh, there's something that has become really really legendary about woodstock whether it deserves that reputation or not and i think as a result of that a lot of other festivals have sprung up in its way it's really kind of extraordinary to think that michael lang was 24 years old when he put on the original woodstock can you imagine organizing anything like woodstock at the age of 24 and i think i don't want to put words into 
his mouth or anything like that but i think even by his own admission he was sort of from the footage that i've seen in the archive footage and stuff that he would kind of admit that he didn't strictly know what he was doing he was just trying to piece this thing together and it just snowballed into this massive massive thing where over the course of that weekend over 400,000 people attended you know absolutely mad mad numbers but whatever your views or feelings on Woodstock, I do think it is a really inspiring story for someone who has an idea and manages to put it together. Definitely. And, and it's a massively inspiring story in terms of an independent person just having this idea and managing to actually pull it off in some mm. way, shape or form. So, yeah, and it was, it was quite sad to hear about it. We both watched the Woodstock 99 documentary over yeah. the Christmas period. Uh, that's a very different story indeed, but so we won't go into that. Uh, like right It's now. not, I mean, although he was involved in that a little bit, I think he's not as involved in it as there's the other guy. He's no, a fucking absolutely. cunt. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one day we might talk about that, but like, yes, uh, yes, the other guy is a massive cunt. But yeah, it was, it was quite sad to see. I mean, funnily enough, I actually watched that documentary and then looked at the news and it literally been announced that he'd passed a few hours previously, which was very odd for me because I was like, I was literally just watching footage of him. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is sad to see. And I thought it, it would be worth acknowledging at the very, very least. Um, mm -hmm. You know, festivals probably wouldn't be what they are today without the original Woodstock. So mm. it's worth acknowledging for that reason and that reason alone, I feel. For sure. And it's given us a lot of some of the most recognisable live performances in history. You know, when you think of Joe Cocker and I mean, particularly Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix is obviously the one that I think a lot of people think about a lot when they think about Woodstock in 1969 and, you know, some incredible footage of that. And he was a bit of a character. The Live at Woodstock Hendrix album is the album that I go to the most mm. by by quite a long way because it's fucking wicked. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. And yes, sorry, Michael Lang. Michael Lang was a bit of a character. Yeah, absolutely, he mm. was. He, well, he was. He was a hippie, wasn't he? I mean, he was the yeah. idealistic hippie who had this idea and it snowballed and became something which he could never have imagined would have happened in a million years but um i think mm. whatever criticism some people may have of it i think it is uh, an astonishing story yeah and you know uh, it, he was obviously involved in 99 and and uh 94 as well i mean I, I there's a lot of stuff from 94 obviously as you can imagine that i really love i mean yeah. from blind melon to porn of papyrus rollins bands Green nine inch Day, nails yeah. that weird peter gabriel but i don't know if you've seen mm. peter gabriel doing sledgehammer at uh, woodstock 94 it's absolutely bizarre sure but I brilliant have, yeah it's really weird i think i told you i think i watched it and i was like mate you should watch right, I, think maybe, I sent it to yeah, you and i was like yeah. mate you should watch this because it's so weird yeah but it's 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 very interesting um obviously green day and uh mike don't getting his fucking teeth knocked out and stuff yeah. and so, i mean it, yeah it's a lot of cool stories have come oh, about because of that as a festival over the years i've seen so much footage on youtube from woodstock 94 mm. and and repeatedly go back to that footage because it's amazing i think the nine inch nails performance in particular oh, for example which is one of the greatest yeah astonishing um, mm. You know, and of course, um, there were plans to bring Woodstock back for its 50th anniversary. They unfortunately fell through due to a number of factors. Yeah, it was 2019, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was just a weird, bit, very odd lineup that they were putting together for Woodstock 2019, wasn't it? It was a very, very odd lineup with kind of the Killers and Miley Cyrus alongside Robert Plant and um, you know a few of the other people that had played the original Woodstock in 1969. So um, 
I mean, I get it. It was meant to be a kind of uh, a meld of those two things, um, something contemporary. And I mean, but you know, again, they sort of tried to do that in 1999 with not so great results as we, as we watched yeah. in the in the 99 documentary. Probably so you know, for another day. But yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. But certainly, so I mean, I think we we've seen all of the Woodstocks that we're going to see. I would imagine with Michael Lang's passing, and he so. leaves a huge, indelible footprint in our scene i would say so rest in peace to him and um there you go anyway let's move on it's 2022 renfrey mm-hmm. as we said at the top of the show can't quite believe it it's the it's future 2022 mm. it is the future here we are and what kind of mad futuristic things will be coming out in the future um we're not going to do a full like oh this is what's coming out like i say but there are a few things that i think we'll probably do reviews of that will be coming out fairly soon um the first one that i wanted to bring up just before we get into the stuff that we've already heard is uh well i've already mentioned it i think erebos by venom prison which comes out in february you and i have both heard that we'll probably do a review of that fairly soon um not want to give any spoilers away although i kind of already have on twitter if you follow me on twitter but um venom prison might be looking to break through that glass ceiling that we both potentially thought they had hit uh in 2022 and um this might be the album that sees them shatter that glass ceiling i think is that fair to say yeah uh without saying too much i have always admired and liked venom prison but also been aware that they are a band who do something which i think is cool but i also don't feel like i'm passionate about and i feel like that has changed with this record fucking hell i'm trying to be really cryptic that's fine i'll move on i'll move on but yeah venom prison (laughs) i am more excited about a venom prison album coming out than i thought i ever would be let's put it like that Mm. there's a new rollo tomasi album coming out very soon isn't there that's Mm -hmm. a good we're talking five years is it five years since uh the last record time will die no i think i think it's only three time will die was 2018 wasn't it well that makes it four Oh, sorry. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, you're right. 2018. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's four years. Four years without a record from from Rolo Tomasi, and you're a massive Rolo Tomasi fan. I am. Yes. More so than me, I would think. I mean, I thought that last album was absolutely staggeringly brilliant. Huge, huge, huge record, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing that Rolo Tomasi album which I haven't heard yet, but I know mm. you have. And I know that's why you've got your hand over your mouth mm-hmm. pretty much because I'm sure you want to tell everyone how good it is, but you're not going mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. because you're a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Country New Road, Ants from Up There is out in February as well. Now, Black Country New Road made my top 20, it's my 11th favourite album of 2021. So I'm delighted that we're already getting a follow-up to the debut record surprising but i'm delighted i have to say yeah i was really surprised that it was coming so quickly but i also think fucking fair play to them there's an awful lot of hype around them and they've gone rather than sit on their asses during the covid they've just gone well let's get an album together which of course you can do that in these times um and actually i have to say like it's weird isn't it that one because the re- the review we were like this is really really good but we're not so sure about that and i think both of us even though it didn't get into my top 20 certainly it's grown on me an awful lot that record yeah. by the end of the year i was like fucking i love this record yeah obviously as it was number 11 on my list and yeah during the review i think i said at the time if you said to me when we were the week we reviewed it this will end up 
well, in your top 20 at all i would have been like i don't think i yeah i don't think so but it ended up being pretty fucking high my yeah. list. so pretty excited to hear that uh zelanada the self-titled zelanada album comes out in february every single thing that zelanada has done ever has been fucking excellent so i have no doubt that this will be fucking excellent as well i'm pretty excited about talking about it put it that way there's that say they're one of those like this feels like a shoe in do you know what i mean this feels like you can't imagine zelanada not delivering at this point yes uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel quite confident in saying that as well <laughs> Yes, yes. There's some inkling that gives me an idea that I feel quite confident in what you're saying as well. I would ag- I would agree with you there. Okay. We'll probably talk about the new Corn album when mm-hmm. that comes out as well, because that's going to be coming out uh, on the 4th of February, Requiem, the new Corn album. Uh, you haven't heard this yet, Renfrey. Nope. Um, I have reviewed it for Metal Hammer. Mm-hmm. I won't say too much about it, but here's what I will say. It's only eight tracks and... It is the shortest. It's nine. Corn al- it's nine. Sorry, nine. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I was eight or nine. Uh, it's only nine tracks, and it is the shortest album Corn have ever done in their entire career. Mm. Brevity, uh, and you know, and we like we like brevity, and it's coming off the back of the nothing as well, which is probably the best Corn record for fucking years. For a fucking long time. Mm. For a very very long time. Also, Koji Radical. Now, you mentioned Koji Radical to me, yes. and I went and listened to him. And One of the rare also... moments where I actually brought a hip-hop artist to you rather than yes. the other way around. Yes, yeah. did. So, kind of like UK hip-hop, he was... Um, I nearly went into a load of explanation as a... I just, fuck it, UK hip-hop. But it's his debut album. He's done a bunch of mixtapes and stuff before. Yeah. And he was also on that Sons of Kemet record that yeah. I uh, loved, or we both loved, actually. Again, that was my yes. number 20 Brilliant last record. year. He's very good. He's got a song from this album which came out just at the very tail end of last year called Gangster, which you can go and stream on wherever you stream your music from right now. And it is fucking awesome. Mm. Fucking awesome. So that's out in March. Koji Radical, Reason to Smile. And the final one I wanted to say, I don't know when this is coming out. I don't know what it's called. But there's a band called Life who are from Hull. And they have got a song out at the moment, which I heard Hugh Stevens playing on uh, BBC Radio 6 Music on Boxing Day. And the song's called Friends Without Names. And it's absolutely brilliant. And they've got their second album coming out this year, by all accounts. And if you like that post-punky thing, I guess, you know, Squid, Black Midi, Fontaine's DC, Black Country, New Road, they sort of belong in that category of bands basically i think maybe idols as well uh the song is amazing the song is absolutely amazing so i'm really really keeping an eye on them and i hope that album will be out sooner rather than later but i do know that it's coming out this year so i'm kind of excited for for all of those records you got any Mm. other things that you can think of that's coming out yeah i'm gonna throw a bunch out um there's a new carl luna long road north um neither of us have of course heard it but we do know people who have heard it who said very good things um i'll just keep well that's probably i could say that can't i but i can't say anymore i think um there's a eddie vedder record coming out which just excites Mm -hmm. me because pearl jam and i love eddie vedder uh uh, comes out on the same day as that cot of luna and zeal record uh vain 
have a new record out or rather vein.fm mm-hmm. as they have had to change their name to mm-hmm. now and the... riding the old riding the old weekend bandwagon aren't they? <laughs> and the early bits and pieces i've heard about that record sound super 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 exciting indeed mm. um a band that i absolutely adore and i can't remember if i've actually brought them to you in a have you listened to them since or not but on the 4th of february a lot of great records are coming out on the 4th of february uh, or a lot of records that might be great <clears throat> but nordic <laughs> giants um are releasing their it will be like their second proper full-length debut album uh i think it's called symbiosis on the 4th of february their second full-length debut album did I say second full-length debut? You said There's... their second full-length <laughs> debut album. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing, they have done like so many like EPs and stuff like that, and they did an album which was like a soundtrack thing, and it's all a bit confusing, but it's like their second album proper is what I mm. meant to say. I obviously okay. put debut in there accidentally. Um, Drug Church. Do you remember that album Cheer that came out a couple of years ago? I fucking loved that record. Yeah. I think we missed it, and maybe we did a catch-up on it or something like that, but... I really, really like that band in a kind of like aggressive Americana type thing. Um, and they've got a new album coming out March 11th. There's a band yeah. called Gold who are fucking amazing. They've just changed their name to Gugu Gugu. Oh, that's spelled. That's no good, is it? It's spelled G G G O L D D D. The reason being is because Googling Gold Band. Brings up loads of gold Spandau wedding Valley. rings. <laughs> yeah, Spandau Ballet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's no good because I don't believe they're better than Spandau Ballet, no matter how good they are. <laughs> I do think you'll really, really be into them, though. And Gold are a fantastic band. So um, mm-hmm. I think that record's going to be amazing. Uh, I've heard very exciting things about Greg Pusciato's new record, which mm-hmm. is coming out. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say. In 2022? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And I'm just gonna, ch- <laughs> I'm finally gonna chuck one in, which is coming out. Well, I know it's coming out in June. It's quite far ahead, but Porcupine Tree are back this year as well. Let's not forget. So, oh uh, yes, yeah. yeah, the single they released was dead good, dead yeah. good. So that's some stuff we're pretty excited about that's coming out in in 2022, or at least in the first half of 2022. For the yeah, most part, but to I be honest, say. even that's that's. I mean, there's a whole load more, but you know, it'd be yeah. Out. I mean, most of the stuff I said we will be out in the next six weeks you know eight weeks or so i think most of my stuff as well bar greg pusciato yeah. gold and porcupine tree i just wanted to throw yeah. those in there oh the other one um uh, uh el moomin el Muno. El Muno. sorry no <laughs> el moomin someone's had to go at me for i said the fucking i said dream house by <laughs> genghis tron rather than dream weapon yes i know i know i get to age where get all the names wrong of things you know what i used when i was younger i was like i can't believe like when when people used to get the names wrong for things i'd just be like oh they don't know what they're talking about blah 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 i'm 37 now and let me tell you it gets really really confusing up there in the old noggin and when you say like dream weapon instead of dream house or whatever it becomes so much harder as you have more and more information in there yeah uh, but yeah uh but i know what you mean good Freddie Mab, wasn't it? So, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, El Muno are a great band, um, and uh, they're releasing. Well, fuck it, we can probably an awesome EP in sometime in February. So, yeah, mm. yeah, that's that's really good as well. Uh, but over the Christmas period, Renfrew, you and I sat down not together, 
No, we never do that. Well, not anymore. Never do that. Not anymore. Not anymore. But um, we both uh, had the opportunity to go and listen to a bunch of stuff. I just decided that I was going to go and listen to a load of stuff that I hadn't heard. And I think I listened over the course of sort of between 48 and 72 hours, I listened to um, 25 albums. Fucking hell. Yeah. The point of Christmas is to have a break from doing all that. Um, yeah, but I didn't. It was for my own enjoyment rather than anything else. Yeah, I I ended up listening to a lot. Uh, I ended up catching up on a lot of stuff that um, that uh, we missed over the Christmas period. Like I say, because that's what you do when you see album of the year lists and all that sort of thing, and you go, ah, I'm going to have a little listen to that. And um, it's nice to have your own free time to do it in as well. But yeah, so we just figured we'd talk about that stuff. Do you want to start yeah. with something? Well, I was going to say, I think we should start at this, which is something I did mention because it was actually got in, in the, our top five uh, of the year. I mentioned it as one of my top 40 albums. And that's Halsey, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power, which I think is probably the best place to start. Really. I was kind of hoping you start with Halsey because yeah. if I did have a soundtrack to Christmas 2021... It would be Pearl Jam because of the amount of research I did in that. But the second thing would be Halsey. I listened to that Halsey album an awful lot. And I feel like a right dunderhead for us not covering that. Because it's such a perfect Riot Act album, isn't it? In yeah. that it's like a pop record, I guess. But produced by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross from Nine Inch Nails. So <laughs> yeah, that yeah, feels like I, a bit of a silly goes- one. I think it says, I mean, so this came out in August. And I think when I yeah. think back to what was going on in August, it was pretty fucking manic. You know, it it was, like festivals yeah. are around. It's festival season. You know, it was around this time. I think it was in Bloodstock the week that this, what have we, no, what have we, what have we Reading weekend. Yeah. Just after Blood. And you know, when you're just like, I'm exhausted. And there was I a lot going take on. take any much, I can't take much more of like doing so. so i didn't even really know that it was coming out i didn't really know much about it people were just suddenly like oh halsey's new album i'm ashamed to say that i was aware of it and i still missed it so yes bad yeah bad me. Uh, uh, but you know it was once i heard that trent Reznor and atticus ross were involved in it that i was really like oh fuck okay because i'm you know i'm aware of halsey and i'm aware of some of her biggest songs but i've never really given that much of a fuck i mean she seemed like somebody who was um one of those kind of a karanga kind of getting on this in that era when it was all 21 pilots and a lot of quite faddy stuff where you're like well you know like the five seconds of summer thing i felt like halsey i mean maybe i'm wrong maybe that's unfair or whatever but i did feel like that kind of around sort of 2015 you know, they started going, oh, yeah, you know, this is part of rock music. And I was just dead against it at that point. And I was like, no, no, it mustn't be. A similar attitude to how you may have felt about Poppy, for example, prior to her yeah. last record, which, yeah. you know, we both um, we both were kind of ho-hum on I Disagree, but both agreed that Flux is called Flux. That Flux no, yeah. is uh, great, actually. Fantastic yeah, record. Really it ended good. up in your top 20, which was a huge it surprise did. for everyone involved, including was, yourself, uh, I think. Me, me, yeah. But you had a healthy level of cynicism, is basically. I did, yeah. Was, and I sort of basically ignored Halsey completely due to that. But then Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, my ears did prick up. It, and it, that will happen when Trent will. Reznor and Atticus Ross are mentioned, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a fucking excellent record. I love it. I just love it so much. I love the fact that on the opening song, 
after about four seconds, which is unbelievable, after about four seconds, immediately you go, well, that's Trent Reznor. <laughs> yeah. Because there's that one discordant piano note, which just suddenly makes it Nine Inch Nails-esque. Mm. Um, yeah. And like, and like, how amazing is that? When we talk about identity and shit like that on the show all the fucking time, I am aware. But how amazing that you can bring your identity out and make it really clear based on a couple of piano notes i mean that is why people talk about Reznor and ross's geniuses you know mm -hmm. it's absolutely before halsey's even opened her mouth on the record it's incredible mm -hmm. you're just like well that's trent Reznor. anyway yep. um do you remember the um how to destroy angels project i do but i don't i didn't really listen to it that much but I yeah do sort of remember it yeah i remember being really really excited about it because it was you know trent Reznor with his wife on vocals and i was like oh cool nine inch nails with female vocals that sounds really really cool that sounds like something that would be really up my strata and how to destroy angels didn't end up being exactly that i think it had moments where it was like it sounded a bit like that but it was quite different to that and i think i think it is an extraordinarily basic bitch way to describe the halsey record to say and the ambient Nine Inch Nails stuff with female vocals on it. But it's not a bad place to start, is it? No. <laughs> to, no, no. to describe no. the record. No, I don't think so. And I think actually, I mean, I'm there for Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And I think, like you say, whether it be the piano parts, or again, there's, there's bass lines on some of the songs, Girl is a Gun, where you just like go, well, that sounds like a Nine Inch Nails bass line. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it just sounds like Nine Inch Nails. But then it's it would be unfair to discredit, to, to just go, I mean, you know, like I say, I'm there for them. Mm. But I feel like, but you stay for Halsey. Who I is agree. Excellent on this record. Yeah. Like, really, really, really excellent as well. I don't think she has got the most, you know, she's not got the most incredible voice I've ever heard in my entire life. But... I mean, you mentioned the tradition, the first song, and she, like, there's more grit in that performance than there is in a lot of, well, I was going to say most metalcore, yeah, fuck it, most metalcore bands, <laughs> all metalcore bands. Starting as we mean to go on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, just, you know what I mean? But there's, there's like, the, the, there's real sort of intent and power in it, which you don't often, yeah. there's, you know, she sounds really pissed off, and I really like that, because you don't often yeah. hear that in this type of music. So I think she is really, really good. And it's, uh, you know her kind of leaning in towards what they do and then leaning in towards what, what she, she does, does. yeah and absolutely it feels like a really good balance a bit like the sort of chelsea wolf steve brodsky converge thing that we spoke yeah about. like nobody's sort of after you or i think it feels like a really good meeting of uh of minds of I think. great and they're minds. each kind of like going well i'll bend a little bit for you if you bend a little bit for me yeah and that's what i like about it i think like when i first started listening to it there was that feeling for me of like, oh, brilliant, Nine Inch Nails, but with female vocals. But then listening to songs like Darling, like Darling is just like this finger-picked acoustic number thing. And it's something that Nine Inch Nails have never done before that, that I can recall anyway from the night. I think I've pretty much heard everything Nine Inch Nails have done as far as I'm aware anyway. Um, and I don't think they've ever done anything like that. And and Darling just is, is a great song and it just stood up in its own right. And I was like, okay, the strength of the songwriting here, you know, it was co-written with Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and, and someone else as well, who I've forgotten off the top of my head. But, I don't know either. Um, but, you know, it's clear that 
she has some amazing songwriting chops as well again i was kind of like knew of halsey but like hadn't actually checked out her previous record i saw it all over the place um quite a lot and then just sort of never got around to checking it out and i say with this one i suppose i until sort of four or five months later but um i do feel like a bit of an idiot for not having checked this out earlier i think it's the way the album ends with lighthouse and yeah bernie and like i i just love it i've listened to it so much over the christmas period yeah it's well good it's well good if i can't have love i want power uh it's called by halsey you've probably heard this you listen to probably probably like yeah lads yeah Yeah. lads we know we know we know all this we know all this so fair enough i mean you know we we missed it we can't listen to everything there's a lot there's a lot of stuff oh good there is a lot of stuff um do you want to talk about unto others yeah (laughs) (laughs) i just thought you know we should maybe get out of the way because it's a big release in metal right it felt like a band that that really captured people it captured yeah it captured a lot you know got a got a got a good high score in the hammer uh albums of the year list i saw a lot of people repping for it well as a matter of fact what made me listen to it over the christmas period i don't know if you were the same but i listened to it because um in hammer's top 20 it was the only album i hadn't listened to yeah me too i think Mm. yeah so strength it's called and it's the second record they used to be idle hands yes yes i believe this yeah. is their first one as on to others but yes that uh oh, okay yeah. i I, right. I, th- I think but but yes they just had to change mm. their name it's like the chicken hawk hawkeye situation so this is gothy and it's typo negative and yes. it's got that kind of 80s baroque danziggy thing but also from a bit more of an extreme metal stroke hardcore world yeah. as well it's yeah, a yeah, fairly, yeah i think it's like you know you look at it on paper and i looked at it on paper and a lot of people like jonathan seltzer at metal hammer and merlin at hammer as well were like because i said to them i've not listened to this yet and they were like are you fucking mad you're gonna absolutely love this shit you're gonna fucking love it like, on paper fucking perfect for you this is exactly what you like yeah true they're not wrong to be mm. fair and I listen to it, and I do think it is good. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's a good record. I think there's a couple of songs on it. I was actually just listening to it on Spotify to to make sure my opinion was really what I what I really thought it was, if you like. And there's a song on it that's a second to last song where I was like, holy fuck, this is an amazing song. What's it called? Instinct, right? Track 11 on the album is fucking amazing right it's got all the shit i could ever want from everything or anything you know what i mean it like all the stuff i like just happening all at once brilliant and to be fair it's not the only song that sounds like that on the record there are a lot of songs where i'm like oh yeah this has got all the stuff i think it's quite hard when like for me we'd got the sugar horse album and the voices album who are yeah. definitely not doing the same thing. Not exactly this. the same, but there's definitely parallels, aren't there? Yeah, because voices don't sound like Sugar Horse, and Sugar Horse don't sound like Unto Others, and Unto Others don't sound like voices, and like we could yeah. go around in that, that circle for ages. But, but ultimately, they are all. it does seem like they are all borrowing or influenced by... Goth. A similar <laughs> cross-section of... Yeah, yes. a, a yeah. similar cross-section of stuff. Yeah. Now, 
for my money personally if we were doing the podium of the three records that came out in 2021 of that style you get the gold for voices the silver for sugar horse and the bronze for unto others yeah. that's how i feel you uh well undoubtedly yes um like i say i got my copy of hammer through and had a quick look at the the top 50 and of the top 20 it was the only one i hadn't heard so put it on i oh god when would i've got that like 12th 13th of december which we're going yeah. back almost a month and i've not listened to it since so right. you know um and basically it reminded me of a load of stuff that i really really like but i just didn't think was as good as that stuff now that's a little bit of a harsh thing to say because like you say the sugar horses and voices and typos is such a massive one isn't it like brave pleasures as well brave pleasures I would absolutely chuck in. Yeah. yeah like I, I it it it's not a bad record at all it's it's it, i i actually think it's a pretty good record i think it's a good record it just reminded me a bunch of stuff that i'd rather be listening to i probably should we were kind of making a distinction between these being reviews and just us saying like this is stuff that we checked out over the christmas period because yeah i've listened to this once so this is not a review to be super fucking clear but um i listened to it once and i was like yeah and it didn't really engage me enough to want to go back to it. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Uh, and maybe it will just require a few more lessons. But it seemed to me that I didn't suspect that it would require much more lessons because it seemed to be a fairly straight ahead record. It didn't have stuff on I, it which I felt like I needed to come back to to get. Yeah. So, I, yeah. Think, I, th I think when you compare the, the places that voices go, exactly well quite the yeah huge dynamic shifts and twists and turns that voices take throughout the length of that record which is still confusing to me and surprising every time i listen to it every time i whack that record on i, I i'm just i'm still surprised i still go fucking hell like how have you gone from sounding like david bowie to a cradle of filth within a kind of a track or two or sometimes in the same song like it's yeah. really really amazing and i feel like it's got much more of its own unique personality yeah i think the sugar horse records the the quiet bits are so quiet and the loud bits are so loud you know again that dynamic range feels far greater didn't feel predictable either which no whereas unto others i think is a good record yep there's a few absolute bangers on it there's a few like massive bang like i mentioned instinct i think is an is a is an absolute banger and i have gone back to that a bunch of times i think it's the standout moment on the record for me it's fucking excellent that song there are a few great songs when will god's work be done i think is a really good song as well there are really really good songs in it but i think they are just variations on a theme throughout the entirety of the record I and agree. that's fine had yeah. those other two records not have come out i might be going this is the best record of its type that i've heard since the yeah. grave pleasures record yeah yeah but yeah. but i still think i'd be going it's not quite as good as the grave pleasures record though i didn't like the grave pleasures record as much as you did and i think the grave pleasures record is better than unto others personally yeah right okay mm. yeah you know it's it's pretty good yeah, it it is pretty good, and 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 you know, it, I think we're only being down on it because it placed really highly in quite a few lists, and it's like, oh, mm. really? Okay, 
but you know it, 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 it's not a bad album at all i was just a bit meh about it myself yeah i think it's i think it's pretty good like it's pretty good and would i go back to it yeah like i might do i might do i'll probably go back to a few songs like i say a few songs here and there but as for like 10th best album of the year in a year when i guess mm. not a lot of people know about sugar horse or voices but then not a lot of people know about this band either it seems weird that they've been the ones that people i guess they're the most they're the easiest ones to understand i guess they're by far the most palatable yeah by a considerable distance to be honest yeah. I, um, I agree but you know by the same token they're also the least interesting as a result right? uh, which sounds like a really wanky thing to say but it is often the case you know so yeah you know i mean i get what i kind of get why people i mean what we've just said is probably why they're more popular than the other two bands, or, right? almost certainly yeah, yeah yeah almost certainly yeah yeah but they're pretty good so yeah there you go and to others we, we have talked about it now I really want to know, I'm quite impatient mm-hmm. to know what you think of Violet Cold. The album is called Empire of Love. Okay, right. I've only listened to this once. Okay. Right. So this is uh, Azerbaijan. Is the guys from Azerbaijan, is that correct? Uh, quite possibly, yes. Uh, okay. The name of Emin Guliev. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this came out in like April times. So it's been out a long time, right? been out a while this it's been out a little was. while yeah and I, i've yeah. It's, it's been on my radar for a long time and it's been one of those mm. ones where i've gone i must listen to that and then i've got distracted by a billion other things yeah so a it's sort of been touted as a black gaze record although i think that is slightly uh underplaying the amount of stuff that's happening in that record <laughs> i'd say the foundation is black gaze but yes there's a lot going on with this album yeah it's a lot of sort of traditional um i mean i don't re- i wouldn't know the difference between i don't know if it, i think he's from azerbaijan i remember think i read from azerbaijan i think there's some a lot of sort of eastern european-esque folk influence uh, in middle eastern stuff yeah most definitely e- to, particularly yeah. on that I think it's the last, yeah, Life Dimensions mm. particularly has some very Middle Eastern kind of style yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to say, um, so I, I made the mistake <laughs> of reading some reviews of this record, which right. I shouldn't have done because I was listening to it and I thought, uh, I, I'm, this is pretty good. This is pretty good, this record. This is quite decent. And then I read one in particular. Do I want to name the website that I read it from? I don't really know if it's, there's much point naming the website because I'm about to slaughter the review. Because <laughs> um, I thought it was one of the most appallingly self-important back-slapping pieces of shit that I'd ever read in my life. It was really, really, really awful. Um, the reviewer was talking about this album is more than an album it's an important statement and this is my most important review and it's it, this is more than a review and it's like fuck off mate just review the fuck this is record. marks and spencer's reviews yeah yeah it's yeah basically and it was and it is down because you know this is a type of black metal record with a very i mean the a very uh for, for the old black metal nazis quite a triggering cover I would say. To say the least. (laughs) Yeah. Big political statement immediately Mm -hmm. made just with the cover, which is Mm. awesome. Yeah. Like that that shit's cool, right? That that shit's all cool. And, you know, I guess people might go, hold on a second. How come people can't review uh, pieces of art and say how important it is when, you know, you were fucking booing your eyes out about the Dave album and saying how important that is? And, like, I I understand that. I listen to this and I have to say, 
really, really enough about it. I was like, this is really cool. This guy's deliberately going out of his way to do something really subversive within a scene, but like musically and thematically doing something within a scene, which is, as we discussed on our Patreon classic album on Sunday, the by Death Heaven, a very, very tightly wound, <laughs> very easily angered group of people in black metal fans, right? That's fair to say. And he has pushed all of their buttons musically and thematically, you know, being a kind of pro gay and yeah. And being, um, you know, like having that front and center of the album using lots of dream pop and elements of hip hop and really very very middle eastern european folksy stuff as well k-pop banjo yeah but like all sorts of stuff going on and i yeah. think the album is is wild it's really mm. really fucking wild um but if i'd have just listened to it if someone yeah. put it on and said listen to this i would have listened to it and gone wow what a an eclectic record and it's quite a lot to take in I'm not sure I would have gone, ah, this is a really important political statement. Because I don't, you don't get that from something as acerbic as black metal, you know? So I don't, I think all the stuff that is, all the, all the stuff that surrounds it, yes. But a bit like when we were talking about Divide and Dissolve by Gaslit. Hmm. Oh, we're going to crush racism through, you know, Sun-O riffs. Well, you're not. Because nobody knows what that is. But do you need to get that from just listening to the album? I don't think you do, no. I mean, well, this is what I was going to say. I think it's a good album and it stands up on its own as a good album. But the way that it was being spoken about on some of the reviews I read as an essential record, I don't think it's as good as... You put it next to like the Mole album, the Mole album that came out last year or infinite granite by deaf heaven i know deaf heaven that's not a black gaze record anymore and i did think to myself there are a lot of there seems like there's a lot of ideas here and i'm not entirely sure if all of them are perfectly realized yet interesting okay i'm gonna give you a little bit more background so yes as you said it's a one person black metal project i mean i say black metal that does that's, that seems really reductive with this this is the seventh album from the violet cold project in four years so super 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 prolific this is a statement against all that sort of nazi black metal bullshit and it's just going fuck you and it's the biggest fuck you imaginable i think especially in a musical sense because it's it reminded me a little bit of astronoid do you remember that band astronoid in that like it's major key happy black metal which, you know, has elements of K-pop in it sometimes or electronica or something like that. And I think in terms of making a statement through music, I think there's actually an argument to say that to people in that community, it it might make that statement alone without the context in and around it. I mean, and even if it didn't, the cover of the you record... You the artwork, yeah. Well, I mean, e- even... And the names of the songs as well. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the second song is called Pride. You know, I like, I, I do personally think that 
if you didn't pick up on those elements at all you're really not paying attention because even on a tiny little screen on your phone the cover is going to really pop out and really going to stand out and actually particularly if i were a member of that community and i don't know if this reviewer was or not but i understand why i would feel that passionately about it I don't think it actually needs any of that stuff to be a fucking great album. What I loved about it was the sheer creativity of it reminded me of the first time I heard Zeal and Arda. When I first heard, which I mean, amazing, it's amazing to think that Devil Is Fine came out like either a year prior or maybe and maybe even the same year that Violet Cold released the first, you know, Violet Cold project. And since then, there have been seven Violet Cold albums and Zeal and Arda is about to release a third. And each Violet Cold record takes on a slightly different theme and a different, slightly different, like... Uh, they all sound quite different, basically. They're all within that sort of black metal foundation, but it's like, it's black metal, but then let's fuck with it. And actually, there's three records which were all sort of interlinked and released together, which are basically post-rock albums. And this guy is basically doing whatever the fuck they want to do within that mold and in terms of taking something that can be very samey and doing the same fucking thing with it over and over again and then just going i'm going to put a little spin on this i'm going to try this i'm going to try that i think that is fucking wicked there's points of this album where it sounds like a video game soundtrack like to a japanese rpg or something it's like day glow it's so bright and yet at the same time there's blast beats going on there's 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 bits which have that day glow atmosphere of baby metal and i don't think it sounds like baby metal at all but in terms of like how happy it is and how joyful it is there were bits of like there were massive sort of you know sunshine kissed dream pop uh melodies and stuff on it that i thought were really cool my and i think actually that those bits were so good i just wanted like it's 38 minutes long it's not a long album like yeah. the good thing about it is it's was it eight tracks or seven seven yeah, tracks? i think it is eight tracks yeah eight yeah. tracks so it's eight tracks 38 minutes long it's not a long record at all brevity is king um as we discussed like for the most part all the most of the time and you know i i i was enjoying it being on but every but when those kind of dream poppy when you've got those kind of those tremolo riffs and then you've got those big really really happy major key high female vocals mm. that juxtaposition is so great and mm. sounded so lovely mm. that i was like i'll oh, stay here and i thought it was cool that you know when the banjo comes in and when those other like electronic bits and stuff come in but i was like uh, like the body and big brave when they did that folks i was like i kind of they're better at doing that and there are other bits where i was like well that's not quite as good as that and and actually you 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 found something that you fucking nailed and did i want an entire 38 minutes of just that no probably not but i was like it's eclectic to the point of being like oh i'm finding like i'm there's that not all of it was like jumping out at me but i thought it was good i thought it was a good record and again i mean listen to it once but mm. my first listen i was like that really stands out and that was just like fucking hell this is weird it is an awful lot to take in on one listen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, so that's fair enough. I, I think just the sheer amount of stuff that is put out from this project is pretty astonishing and the quality of it being so high throughout. Like I've heard some of the other things as well and they're really, really interesting. 
even in more interestingly, it's the project is self-described as an experimental AI simulated news project. Now, I'm not sure where the AI bit comes into it exactly, and I've not read up enough stuff on that, but it sounds like something that is genuinely experimental and actually serves a purpose in the world of extreme metal uh, which is really really exciting to me not to say that i mean there's a few you know we talked about voices rivers of nihil you know there are things like that going on but in the sense of this sheer creativity of it like i said it reminded me of zeal and ardor this is a record which is very much born of this particular time in music isn't it because this album never ever ever would have got a significant release in the 90s because there would have been some person in a suit going what the fuck is this you can't do this you know and i do think that it says an awful lot we talk about streaming and stuff and uh, how it's you know well no one in a suit would sign any black metal band well (laughs) that that is true but i think that zeal and arda thing as well you know what is awesome about this time in music and the fact that the internet has opened up all these things you know there are good things about that and there are bad things about that but the good thing is very much the violet colds and the zeal and ardas of this world that those bands or those projects where someone would have stepped in at some point uh who would have had to give them money to release it back in the 90s and gone no that sounds too weird but we now have this culture where you can self-release stuff in a professional manner which sounds really fucking good and you can get it out there if you so want to and, and it just felt like that's why it's such a wicked record which is very much of the now and i loved the creativity of that and the fact that this project throws out so much stuff and and all of it sounds identifiably like Viet cold but also has a slight spin on that formula i just thought was really exciting and yeah i i like i'd known about this record for ages it obviously really stands out in the metal releases with its cover and all that kind of thing i I'd heard a few bits and pieces. I kept going, I must go back to that and then just not having time. And then over Christmas, listened to it and was like, fuck me. This is wicked. You know, this is really, really awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I mean, I got one listen to it and I read a review which really annoyed me. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, So I feel like I don't really, I shouldn't have that much to say about it. But some stuff jumped out at me. Some stuff didn't. Okay. Um, But it's incredibly eclectic. And like I say, Without the cover and the song titles and it just playing in the background, I'm not sure I would have known what it was about. But I think that's probably true of most extreme metal, right? I think it's yeah. often very, very difficult when it's trying to go, we have a political point of view and a political purpose. And you're like, well, m- most people can only hear... And they go... Like, do you know what I mean? It's quite, it's quite yeah. difficult to always get that across. But I can imagine shitloads of people who wouldn't normally listen to black metal at all could get shitloads out of this. So I think there's something that's quite exciting about that as well. Like it yeah, could for cross sure. it could cross over to just just in the way that Zeal and Arda, I think, you know, shitloads of people who would never be caught dead listening to any kind of black metal band at all really get into Zeal and Arda because there's something in that kind of the soulful elements of it which are just really infectious and people mm. like that and that is the last thing that black metal fans want as well outsiders coming into their shows <laughs> and stuff so, yeah. well you know so. I think I think they need it 
<laughs> so mm. you know that's fair enough um what's it called again violent cold empire of love which empire is the most black love. metal type i mean even that is like <laughs> a yeah. big fuck you isn't it i think it's great yeah okay um shall we have a little chat we've put this off a bit prioritize pleasure by self-esteem oh okay since this is the best reviewed record of 2021 i believe no or second best was it it, it, it was up there it wasn't i second i think one? yeah number one was guess wasn't it was this it is, number two then it this is according joined. to metacritic of course as, as, yeah. as, as well, always it, is i mean the guardian the sunday times and gigwise all gave it the best album of 2021 oh right the nme and independent had it at number four and um, a BBC News poll of polls combined results of 30 end-of-year critics' lists. I wonder if we were one of them. Probably not. <laughs> Had it at number 12. A Metacritic collection of 173 year-end top 10 lists by music publications placed the album at number 12 for the year, apparently. So maybe it's not as high as I thought in some cases, but certainly, you know, you got... It's made a lot of lists. Made a, made a lot of lists. Made a lot, a lot, a lot of lists. I did hear rumblings about it even prior to its release. There was a little bit of hype around it. As yeah. Well. So it's Rebecca Lucy Taylor is self-esteem. And she used to be in a folk duo called Slow Club in the mm-hmm. mid-noughties. Mm-hmm. Who I'd vaguely heard of, but don't know anything yeah. about. Like, like the name rang a bell. Mm. And so this is her second album. And it got such good reviews. I mean, it came out... When did it come out? It came out towards the end of the towards year. The of the maybe year. the last third of the year. I'm going to say towards the end of October it came out. October and sounds I, right, yeah. Yeah, and because I think it was early November when I was like, maybe we want to whack this in the show. And we did think about doing a review of it as well because it was getting some fucking mad reviews. And I listened to it expecting, this is this incredible, amazing record. And... It's one of those records that I look at or listen to, I should say, and I go, I can see why people like this. I can understand what is good about this. I'm quite impressed by this, but I'm not really having a great time listening to it. Do you know what I mean? That's interesting. It's it's annoying because I don't want to be that guy where like everyone else is having a lovely time listening to this and I'm just like yeah yeah I can see you know like there's a lot there's a lot of um, female empowerment positivity about this record which I think people have taken to and I can see that I can definitely see that I just it's not really musically I feel like it it bounces off I feel sort of impervious to its charms I think that was it I mean yeah I I could see all the sort of feminist lyrical themes in it and all that sort of stuff I think you need more than just that and I mean the Halsey record has shitloads of feminist rhetoric in it as well that isn't the reason why it's a brilliant record you know it, it, it helps but it's not the reason I just thought the songs were fine I thought they were okay but yeah, in, in terms of you saying it bounced off you, it just none of it really stuck with me all that much. And I think for me, and probably for you to a degree, it's a little bit of a victim of the hype because if it hadn't have placed so highly in all of those album of the year lists and all that sort of thing, I think I would have been like, yeah, this is a nice record. It's kind of cool. Rather than going in and being like, 
I don't understand why everyone's going mad about it or a lot of people are going mad about it and it would be weighted in a far more glass half full light rather than a glass half empty light but I guess I, I came to this record knowing that a lot of people had talked it up and said it's absolutely phenomenal and I'm just like I mean it's not a bad album at all but I don't quite see what those people are seeing at all really I think it's fine <laughs> it's not it's yeah, good I, yeah I sort of feel the same I'm just like I think some of these songs are good yeah. I think some of them are really catchy I can see how some of them are acerbic in a Fiona Apple stroke Alanis Morissette kind yeah. of way I think there are yeah. a few bits in that where I can imagine you know girls hearing that and going yeah oh good I'm glad you told that fucking wanker bloke to fuck off or I'm glad good yeah yeah you should yeah good I wish we could yeah we I should do that yeah but you know again you ought to know does that and it's an absolute fucking rager and there's not enough on this record that feel like absolute fucking rages to me. It's really well produced. I listen to it on headphones. I think the production is fucking really, really great. Really good. It sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. I think it maybe sounds a little bit too lovely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for what it's saying. You know, again, the Halsey record, some of that themes of, you know, sort of childbirth and motherhood and female empowerment stuff in there. You get Ross and resner's production on it and it gives it a little bit of grit and a little bit of dirt to it you get that a lot with the last set when we reviewed fetch the bolt cutters last year the fact that that album is so it's just a kind of nasty jagged record as well and i think it really suits the the lyrical content of as well and i think maybe that you know i've listened to this album five six times now and every time i'm like i want it to be a bit more jagged and i want it to kind of hit a little bit harder and it just sort of doesn't it definitely does feel a little bit nice like it's nice Mm. it's it's uh, it's not unpleasant to listen to in the slightest it is a nice thing to listen to but almost like the message that it wants to put across might have actually been more powerfully put across if it wasn't so nice i mean the thing is the fact that it sounds nice means that more people will probably hear that message so it's kind of you know uh, maybe i don't i don't know yeah i don't know i, I mean I'm... i think you know i i think that that what you know what you've just said about more people hearing it because it's like, like yeah that's but then i, I but it, the, to me the songs aren't as big as like if you're gonna do that for me like, there's nothing like you want a lady gaga but you're gonna be big like lady gaga you know, it never feels as big as Lady Gaga, never feels as acerbic as Fiona Apple. It just sort of sits in between those two things. Yeah. Some people might go, oh, it's a perfectly nice pop record and, you know, yeah. that's all it needs to be. And to be and to be fair, it is a perfectly nice pop record. And yeah, to be fair, it is a perfectly nice pop record, but kind of album of the year and 92 out of 100. Yeah. You know, like in, in it being above the Dave record, which is like scandalously low on some albums of the year's list, I thought. But, you know, like to me... You're talking about mine. Yes, you're definitely <laughs> talking about you're not even your top twenty are pathetic. I do love that. I, yeah. I did go back yeah. to it a few times over Christmas though, and I was like, fucking hell, this is a great record. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. And I just think that, you know, that stops you in your tracks and this is just quite a good pop record. Yeah. With a message that is great, but there are loads of uh, there's actually fucking loads of albums with this message at, at, out there at the moment. And a lot of those albums are way more interesting musically and i I thought musically these were nice songs 
and delivered well and you know it yeah it, i keep going back to that nice word i think it was absolutely fine but i was really perplexed as to why it's all over the like just so highly uh being viewed as such an incredible i mean number did you say number one of the guardian where else uh independent i think it's one in gig wise yeah. Well, the i not the independent, the i paper. I don't know if that's something. Uh, the, the, well, yes, yeah. I know it's complicated. Even I used to work for them, and I don't understand that. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's not a bad album, and we've probably given the impression that it is, but it, it isn't at all. It's just it's no. just because it's had all that praise. It's like eh, it's just a bit confusing. If anyone has uh, uh, any theories as to why it's become massive though, do uh, send, send us Yeah, I'd be interested. I'll, I'll make Tom Stab um, who we know uh, he loves it right. and I was like, what am I missing Tom? What am I missing out on? Yeah. And I, I can't remember what he said to be honest but um, <laughs> he really likes Are it. Are you paying That's attention? <laughs> I probably wasn't paying attention. <laughs> anyway, um, but there you go. Yeah, prioritise pleasure by self-esteem. It was very, very, very critically well received. And yeah. I I think it's a sort of it could be pushing an eight out of ten. So I'm not really slagging it off. I thought it was a seven. Oh, but yeah, but I would give it a seven. I'm just yeah. being nice. Yeah. For yeah, once. yeah. Um. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about something else. Uh, what else have we got in the the pot that we've been listening to? Renfrew, you got anything you wanted to? Ch- ch- um, yeah? I'd really like to talk about that taking meds record. Mm. Terrible news from wonderful men. Mike yeah. Collins sent. So I said, you know, what have I missed on Twitter? And Mike Collins, thanks, Mike, got hold of us and said, you're going to really like this record. And I do. (laughs) Terrible news from Wonderful Men by by Taking Meds is the name of the record. And basically, it sounds like loads of stuff from the 90s that we like. Yeah, it does. It does. I thought, elevator pitch-wise, it's kind of like one of those Americana S-bands like the Menzingers or... Uh, restorations or something like that or the wonder years maybe but um produced by kurt ballou <laughs> and it is produced by kurt ballou it is yeah um and that like it's almost misleading to say it's produced by kurt ballou because you immediately think like converge or or Cavelletac or whatever and it isn't produced in that way but there is a chaotic nature to this album and, and i don't think it's just in the production i think the chaos is actually in the songwriting as well i don't think it's just solely down to kurt ballou producing it that gives it that chaotic quality uh, i think having kurt ballou on board helps um absolutely <laughs> but it just has shit loads of personality coming from that kind of for want of a better word emo punk americana type scene that that scene you know telling good stories to good music and using melodies like great melody and stuff like that but also having just this really chaotic almost post-hardcore edge to it as well well it more reminded me of bob mold and sugar and okay yeah yeah, yeah, okay texas is the reason reason. Yeah, yeah and almost fugazi at points yeah and a uh, lots of stuff that that kind of discord records early 90s alt punk hard, like alt hardcore 
kind of thing that was happening and there were loads and loads and loads of stuff um there was loads of stuff coming out around that time that we mentioned continually yeah, all, all the time, time on this yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. and basically to me i was like holy shit it sounds like that and i think although bands like you know i really like the hold steady i really like the menzingers and i really like the, the kind of wonder years and stuff and but and you know even even um uh the dirty nil who you know we were talking about that got i think it was my into my top 40 of the year and that's a brilliant record mm-hmm. but even they don't feel as ramshackle as yeah. those bands from the 90s and this is well ramshackle and mm-hmm. again like yeah kurt Ballou doing a fucking masterful job in it just it just sounded so because on one hand you could go well that just sounds like stuff that i've already got but on the other hand i haven't heard people sounding just like this for so many years that i was like this is fucking this is fucking excellent Mm. this is fucking excellent this is this is what i want that shit to sound like for the most part yeah it really like bled out the sides it was all kind of careering along it felt like it was going to collapse at any moment fucking great man punk rock that's what i really liked about it as well it, it did remind me of joyce manor in places sometimes but i do think joyce manor do this in a cleaner sense for the most part but certainly some of that earlier joyce manor stuff i was like okay i can kind of see a through line there but yeah certainly like it's a very interesting spin on something which you know we've heard quite a lot before and there's a lot of really great bands in that scene so i'm not complaining too much because this is sort of i mean it's heart on sleeve music but also done with quite an acerbic edge to it and yeah Mm. the manner in which it could fall apart any second i really loved this record and i was like who is this band why do i not know anything about them i mean they've not been around that long like five years maybe but this seems to be their second maybe even their third full length and they've got a bunch of eps as well i had a quick listen to the other stuff as well and that all sounded really good i was Mm. just like this is fucking great i really enjoyed this album i really 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 enjoyed it and thank you mike collins for sending it to us because it's yeah man great shout mike great shout thank you for doing that that is very lovely of you uh another great shout i thought yes i got was from max cousins yes igloo ghost lee line eon is the name of the record now i've never heard of this person before neither neither ghost i've not heard a note of the music before i don't even really know what this is it's lots of things yeah it's mental yeah but in the best possible way this album's fucking amazing Mm. like so it's basically like fucking hell where do you even start i mean aphex twin meets uh children's choir with Shall I give it a bash? <laughs> I mean, give it a go, mate. Yeah, I, yeah, give um, it a go. Yeah, but very quickly, I was really impressed with this record. I thought it was awesome. Uh, it is a ambient electronic record of a sort, but with a lot of organic sounds. It begins like a kind of neoclassical type thing, like Max Richter or Oliver Arnold's, and then metamorphosizes into something totally different 
to, <laughs> to that, although still kind of intrinsically part of it. I did mention it's an ambient record, and I think that a lot of the sounds and a lot of what it's doing is very ambient, but there's also quite a lot of skittering beats in it as well, which yeah. y- you would think would kind of ruin the ambience, and yet somehow don't. And I'm not sure how that is achieved but it has been um it parts of it reminded me of nordic giants second mention for them a bit more ambient than what nordic giants do but certainly in that big cinematic sort of manner there was a lot of that kind of thing uh parts of it really strongly recalled ghost by devon townsend that album in particular um mm-hmm. i would also say lots of parts of it recalled messa de irum visquillum and which is the fourth album by cigarettes yeah. well <laughs> uh thank you um but i don't it's one of those things where like someone being a dick would go oh well i've heard all of these things done before and individually yes all of these things have been done before but they have been amalgamated into something which just makes me go what the fuck is this Uh, it it sounded very like this is going to sound super super pretentious but it sounded very glassy and crystally um yeah thank you good i I wasn't sure if you were gonna go what the fuck are you talking about but actually if you listen to it whilst that does sound pretentious out of context there's a (laughs) glassy crystal quality to this album and again i think that's the organic sounds like almost icy sound to it it sounds like crystal Ah, mm. uh, uh, but lots of twinkling pianos, strings. Yeah, a children's choir, as you mentioned, and a children's choir not being really fucking annoying, which is an amazing achievement in and of itself. I just thought this was awesome. Like, really genuinely sounded evocative of other things that I like, but never really being able to put my finger on, yes, well, this this is exactly like that Sigurose album, or this is exactly like that Nordic Giants album, or this is exactly like that Olafur Arnold's album. It's like 10% of that, 15% of that, 7% of that, and it creates this thing which is new. And I think this is, in this time, this is original music, you know, Uh, Mm. we've discussed this before but like creating an amalgam of so many different things that's how you create original music now and like i say there are the internet wankers who go oh well i have actually heard all this before but (laughs) but you have but you haven't because you haven't you haven't heard it been put together in this way and in this manner i thought it was i was really impressed with it i thought it's awesome i i was as well i put it on and i didn't quite know what i was meant to be thinking and i didn't quite know what i was hearing and it's been a not been many occasions when we've done this podcast where i've literally gone this sounds like uh, 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 i don't even know but, i would agree right. with that but i liked that i liked feeling like oh that. i i loved it yeah and i listened i did you know i listened to it and then i listened to it again um and i listened to it today because i hadn't listened to it for about a week or so and I put it on again today, and I, again, I was still just struck at how unusual sounding it is. Yeah, it's really impressive. It's really, really good. And it is, like you say, it's ambient, and it's very delicate sounding, but it's hard as well, isn't it? It does, yes. There are... It, it, uh, I don't think I could go as far... when you say ambient electronic, 
people might go oh this is one of those boring like pussy like wet out you like you like sort of sitting back and it's all pretentious and blah 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 but i think actually if you like heavy music you could put this on and just go or like you know i won't go as far as to say like dillinger or converge or anything but it's no. not an easy listen it's not, not an easy listen at all no uh it there are well yeah like i said there's those skittering odd beats on it which kind of automatically you go well how on earth can that sound ambient um it is a real like i don't know if i'd put this record on if i was going to sleep or something like that like i like i have sometimes put on a no. stars of the lid record you know and that has actually helped me to sleep which doesn't sound like a great review although it really is because it's lovely what it does to it but there are elements there are elements of it which are in that kind of really ambient neoclassical realm and yet you also have these really weird punctuation skittering beats which should and work <laughs> uh, i'm trying to do the review like the album should yeah. work but somehow do um it, it's and i and i have no fucking idea how he makes them work but he does he really does it's a mad record mm. it's a brilliantly mad record it's fantastic when you go to his um his spotify page i mean it just says <laughs> like the, entities and muck and google lifts and a load of emojis so there's no fucking yeah, yeah yeah and you're just like well i don't know what the fuck you're on about mate and yeah. you know the, the discovered on hyper pop classics i mean 100 gex were considered hyper pop yeah so this is part of that and then industrial yeah. bass halo experimental electronic beyond the borders of so creamy a sprinkle of a sprinkle of bass warm vocal drizzle and dream pop like and i mean even just the four playlists he's on you go they don't look like they've got anything to do with each other yeah at all it's, it's a really odd it's a really odd thing it's very interesting you mentioning hyper pop because I, I haven't investigated hyperpop loads, but what I have investigated, I have really every hated. single example I've absolutely despised. So at first, when you said hyperpop, I was like, "This isn't hyperpop." But then, actually thinking about it, I wouldn't call it hyperpop. But there are elements of hyperpop in it, absolutely, mm. and yet it's also really chill. <laughs> Even just, yeah. And even I, I mean, I struggled with, I was listening to some Charlie XCX, some of the new Charlie XCX stuff. And again, I know like huge critical darling Charlie XCX, but those last couple of songs, I was just like, nah, this is not doing it for me, I'm afraid. Um, I was in Hard Rock Cafe the other day and mm -hmm. I saw Charlie XCX's, um, was it a cat suit or dress? I was eating under the, the dress. It was, it right. was very exciting. Okay. Just, cool. Well, literally happened the other day, and you mentioned. I thought you were going to say you saw Charlie XCX for a minute, and I was like, "Oh, that, no, that, that no. would be exciting." Saw saw some clothing, okay. <laughs> but it was still very exciting. Hung up on the wall, was it? It was hung up on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay, quite fancy Charlie XCX. Not going to lie. Oh, okay, yeah, that's good. what all that was about. Lovely. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Lee, it's called Lee L E I Line Eon E O N. By Igloo Ghost, which is I G L O O and then Ghost G H O S T. I was going to talk about the Bug Fire yes. Sam Slight quietest album of the year. That's the quietest 
album of the year not the quietest album of the year <laughs> this is far from the quietest album of the year but sam sent me this over i did notice Friend of this the show, got, sam's like yeah i did notice that this got album of the year in the quietest and i was like oh i've not heard that but he's wicked the bug and fire is <laughs> larry oh okay in it larry did you listen to this i didn't get not? a chance to listen to oh this, right no. okay so this is so fucking larry i i i really rate this record it's cool as fuck so it's kind of set in a industrialized post-apocalyptic future of some description where everybody's locked down and you know it's a kind of it's a forever lockdown world that we're living in and it's a load of different vocalists who are all kind of i guess reggae ragga like kind of ragamuffin vocalists uh doing really fucking larry like again not gonna do the voice because that would be inappropriate <laughs> but 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 yeah, really really fucking hilarious fuck ragger over some mad sort of sit it's like if if perturbator and someone like like lee scratch perry or someone like like somebody really like somebody really kind of rago going mental mm-hmm. um over like perturbator it's wicked mm-hmm. sounds really interesting okay yeah i mean it's very aggressive renfrey it's very very aggressive everything about it dialed up to 11 all the way to the top it's very aggressive and i am fucking all down for that because you know i like heavy music and this is heavy in two completely different ways but equally it fit like it's a fucking banging record well good i don't know if you'd like it actually do you do you like kind of very 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 aggressive dub reggae I don't know. Is it a Denzel Curry type thing? Yeah, I mean, Denzel Curry's more of a, I'd say, sort of rapper than proper. Sure. Th- th- yeah. Than like that. But but yeah, like it, it's that that aggressive, yes. Yeah, the way you were talking about it, like, it made me think Denzel Curry, even if that isn't straight on the money. I mean, I really like what I've heard of Denzel Curry. I find it quite. I find it a lot <laughs> quite difficult to listen to sometimes but I but I do think it is awesome. I'm definitely very very curious to check that out because it sounds really interesting. Yeah, um, it's really good. Mm, it, okay. It, it's, it's really good getting that fire by the bug. Good shout Sam. I got one more thing that I listened to a lot over Christmas and I did actually mention this Dijon who is a solo artist lo-fi bedroom sort of soul project like a kind of indie soul project called absolutely debut record it's really short just over half an hour long like springsteen and prince but recorded in a bedroom and it's so great this record Mm. i am like obsessed with it i listen to it over and over and over and over again because it does that same thing you know what we're talking about taking meds where you think oh god this is going to fall apart any minute and blah 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 it's got that but it's like and it's got the kind of the anthemic nature of springsteen but it's solely like and funky like prince so it's a really weird mix of stuff um i think it's brilliant i think it's absolutely brilliant like really really good 
do remember you mentioning it and I still haven't got round to it but um, that's fine I mean there's a lot of stuff for M3 there's a lot of stuff remind remind us again what it's called it's called Absolutely by Dijon like the mustard and the last song is like the end credits to the album which I think is brilliant it's like the driving off into the sunset Uh, it's well good nice it's really good like, right. uh, it's uh, and, and it's so it, it's it's almost like the first time i heard it i laughed out loud because i was like the fucking balls on you to do like a kind of <laughs> like a rom-com title track ending song it's fucking, and it's called end credits as well so it's just yeah perfect okay fucking excellent cool yeah. well good i'm just going to throw in um aquilus uh which is a one-man australian atmospheric metal project um well slash classical hybrid like these interest these metal slash classical hybrid things we have talked about some good ones like we mentioned true symphonic uh, orchestra <laughs> we mentioned wilderun in the past and we had martin gret but quite often when classical meets really really extreme metal stuff i don't know there's a pomposity to it and a sort of grandioseness to it which people really respond to and really really like but just sort of puts me off a little bit it's very rare that i'm really into that style um but this aquilus record i mean for starters it's the second album from this project and it's taken 10 years to follow up the debut album and when you listen to it it's like oh yeah i can hear how this took you 10 years there's sort of so much to it there's so much depth and there's so much it's so rich sonically it feels like it very much justifies the weight and i felt like the classical arrangements were so like more often than not it's something that's sort of put on as seasoning to a metal canvas you know i remember like showing my dad snm by metallica once which is not exactly an example of what i'm talking of here but like in the sense of oh you know maybe you would enjoy this and for him it was too much this is a metal band with a classical orchestra backing them up I think there's a lot of times on this record where they're, they're either on an even pegging all the time or they take turns with each other. I actually reviewed it for Metal Hammer and my FFOs, i.e. for fans of, was Walls in the Throne Room and Thomas Newman, which wow. kind of feels like that felt like the most apt thing. It, like I had to have a modern film composer in there because that's what felt the most apt and the sheer range of musical instruments on the album is pretty astonishing. You've got pianos and violins and mandolins. I mean, there's so many different things that are happening. And it does feel like a complete orchestra always working alongside this pretty incredible metal music, but without ever descending into cheesy territory which I think is the thing that puts me and I think you for the most part off of a lot of that kind of stuff. Definitely. Yeah. But I thought I was kind of listening to it. It's quite long as well. It's, you know, it's lengthy and it's the first part of a two part record as well, which I think if you've been waiting 10 years, it's probably fair enough that you get two mammoth long records in a row. But I, I was kind of listening to it and waiting for the moment for it to get really cheesy and annoy me. Um, And it never did. 
like it never ever did i think it is really lengthy and it is quite an undertaking if you just want to check out one thing which sums up like the majority of what it does there's a 13 minute song on it called eternal unrest which kind of gives you the idea and then if you like that then i'd recommend checking out the whole record i was really really impressed with the aquilus record uh to the point where i was really close to giving it nine out of ten in metal hammer um and i kind of went with eight in the end but actually i might slightly regret that a little bit um especially having listened to it a little bit more over the christmas period i think it's a really astonishing record which is well worth having a listen to if you like whether you like that kind of thing or not i i, I think it was really really impressive cool all right mm. sounds good um last thing i'm going to mention as well i also listened to because somebody asked me to do it i listened to silver scream part two by ice nine kills so i thought we'd end the podcast with a little bit of negativity <laughs> I cannot unbelieve. Stop listening to this stuff, please. <laughs> Describe it for me. Uh, I, I mean, it's like Elstorm, but metalcore. Oh. I think I listened to it and I was like, this is fucking nonsense comedy shit. Anyone who likes this and then slags off Elstorm or Still Panther have got no fucking right to do that. And I'm going to tell Merle, because Merle was like, oh, it's good that Ice Nine You know, I like horror. It's all horror films. There's um, the only thing that sets them apart actually makes them even more obnoxious and dislikable than just five blokes with floppy hair in black t-shirts playing the Doomsday riff over and over again. Uh, it is fucking horrible, though. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. They've got a song called Hip To Be Scared, because it's all, which is the um, their take on Huey Lewis and the news. The, yeah, but the uh, but it's American Psycho. It's about American Psycho, and obviously, right. as I said, I've been reading American Psycho, or I was reading American Psycho over Christmas, and I read it again. And there are bits in American Psycho that are more enjoyable than listening to that song, like, and it is a hard it's hard work that book. It's got um, Matey Boy from Papa Roaches on that song as well. Jacoby, yep, and or Jacoby. It's it's just not funny. It's not funny. It's not fun. It's like Elstorm. It's mm. like a metalcore Elstorm by de definite. Oh my god! The, the uh, clearly, uh, there's no way that those guys in Ice Nine Kills. There's no way they're not sexual offenders. No way. <laughs> no way. I. They. They. There is no way they are not sexual predators. And then it's just, it, it can, I cannot, I'm so confident. I believe that, I, I, I'm, I mean, there's more doubt about Prince Andrew in my mind than I have about them, to be honest. Listen to that record, it's fucking dreadful. Fucking dreadful. Uh, good. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, 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 well, as you can hear, I, I don't know what to say. It's so excruciatingly bad. So excruciatingly bad what would you have given it if you had been tasked with reviewing it what would i have given it out of 10 i would have given it a two because i think wow. they can play their instruments and the production is typical metalcore production and there is at least a concept which sets them apart from all the other bands but it's just pathetic i just thought it was absolutely pathetic so two i'd give it a two 
but if you like it, you're a big fucking thick baby. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh, so rubbish man so rubbish what a good oh. way to start 2022 being reaching out to people and being nice <laughs> but no, i never said i was gonna do that <laughs> oh jolly good uh, all right anyway thanks for listening everyone cheers go over to patreon.com forward slash right podcast and you can listen to us chatting about pearl jam loads and we'll have some metallica for you very very soon so that'd be nice right Good. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. We will be back next week with more being horrible to people, no doubt. (laughs) Cheers.